freeze frozen at the beginning of all the places. I instead of going, we froze. <laughs> of all the places to freeze. Really? We froze at the very beginning well, of the intro. Well, let's hope that that just stays Crazy. away. Lord, let this not freeze. Um, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Good evening, as uh, the title goes. This is not a Cosmovision. This is a CTDW episode. So welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. We are talking about Nimrodian ethics. Well, not so much ethics. Nimrodian practices. 101. I don't know that Nimrod had any ethics of which to speak. <laughs> oh, believe me, he had ethics. Maybe he had values. Maybe that's what he had. I don't think Maybe. he had any ethics. Everyone has does values, ethics, but not everyone has does ethics. Ethics have a positive connotation, don't you think? I, I would say it does. Values I mean, values has had an, a seemingly imbued positive connotation, but I would dispute that it's a positive thing to have values. Oh, yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. Values are a tool with neither neither positive nor negative. Yeah. Just how you, what you imbue it with. That's correct. A good way to correct. Ethics implies it. that we have a point of uh, good and evil, and um, I guess according to Nimrod, he did. But you know, as a as a subjective way of saying it, maybe he had ethics. But on an objective plane, I would say no. Yeah, Hard no, I would go with he He was not very objective about no, good and evil. I mean, he lived <laughs> up to his name, let's rebel. I, I would mean. say that good was uh, equi was uh, equated by power, uh, you know. Right, what was good for him. Correct, correct. Oh, that old rebellion and witchcraft, that silly, that silly old story. Hello, guys. Sorry, we're coming back full circle. We're, we actually do have a lot to talk about today. Um, as you can probably hear, we've been chatting a good bit. This has been a crazy topic, but before we get into it, we want to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us. As you can see down below, you can contact oh, us at way. YouTube, Spotify, solo.to slash ctdw, solo.to slash ctdw, solo.to slash ctdw. And feel free to contact so us. so pretty. There. Aren't those fonts lovely, guys? They're great. They're great. They My kiddo. Cool. My kiddo helped me make make that uh, overlay. Thank you, they thank you, son, so who I will not name. Um, good job, son, who must not be named. On yes. Media. <gasps> Kadavra, Sorry, guys. Okay, we won't do that anymore. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> the boy who comes to place an overlay. Okay. No more. <laughs> that was really lame. Um, oh, you guys can contact us at that at YouTube. You can find us, uh, watch us at YouTube, Spotify. Um, you can contact us on any of our social media. Solo.to slash CTDW is the best way to do that. But you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, which is now X. Um, which X is going to have, oddly enough, a humongous role in our talk today. Um, or at least a, uh, a decidedly important one. Um, so contact us there if you guys would like to follow us uh, and subscribe, excuse me, subscribe to us for as little as three dollars, three, yes, just three dollars. You, you can do that on Spotify. You can also, I mean, you can technically do that on Patreon if you would like to. Um, but I would like to save you some cash and send you over to, to Spotify. Now, once we get our merch up and running, which hopefully by the time this airs, no, sorry, by the end of this month, excuse me, by the end of this month, we're hoping to have our merch rolling out. Um, so we're hoping we're going to start. I'm going big. I'm hoping for three T's, but maybe that's too big. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but oh, yeah, that, that's. You know what? Maybe we should do 
a um, a quiz Ooh. for okay. the top three tea Ooh. ideas. Oh, you mean like a a uh, survey? Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Guys, All right. the winner needs to be standing at the gates of hell, redirecting oh, traffic. That would be a that's good my favorite. Okay, well, that's I. I would say that's a that's a easy number one. Um, I'm thinking about one that says uh, I'm transhuman, and then trans is crossed out because we are 100% human. Thank you. I we will are. take my humanity any day of the week and keep it and. Keep yeah yeah maybe not uh you know give it out to other gods and become nephilimic or you know gibberium at, at the very oh, minimum right <laughs> i have another one too that i like you don't well, have to you. be a rocket surgeon you don't have to be a rocket surgeon to know what to know fill in the blank <laughs> put your answer on the x okay um <laughs> x equals you don't have to be a rocket surgeon. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so anyway, we will have some merch for you guys soon. But today we are talking about um, Nimrod. And I think that this is where we're going to wrap it up. It, we may break this particular one oh, into I don't know. two I think topics. And of course you would freeze. For us. You what? Ricky Froze. I said I think Nimrod's going to be a reoccurring well, um, character in our talk. Correct. There's just there's way more to unpack than you yeah. expect there to be. It's, it's like, how could there be so much in like two verses, three verses? I'm no I mean, kidding. Like it's, he's, it's he's kind of like, crazy. This much, but not in history. Not. I feel in like God was like. Lore. I feel like God was like. Okay, I guess I have to mention this guy. Sort of, you know. Like, well, think about it. it. God was like, you know what? You may have been a fierce hunter in my face because yeah. that's how. How the Bible the preposition says it. works, yeah. Like, like in your face, God. I'm a great, <clears throat> fierce uh, hunter, and God was like, "Oh yeah, let me tell you the blip you're gonna get, son. People are gonna Itty-bitty. use your name as a way to uh, insult one another. Don't be a Nimrod. Your Go name, ahead, fierce hunter, will be like toilet paper. What must be what? <laughs> it's supposed to say my butt's been wiped. It didn't say it all. Anyway, I don't know why it's not working. Anyway, we'll go with it. Oh, no, yes. I heard it all. A blip. Oh, did you? Oh, maybe it's just me. Um, speaking of Nimrod. Speaking of... <laughs> um, you we know, won't maybe... tell you who that is if you can't figure it out right. on your own. Fine. I mean, you good. we could go on a whole other podcast about, you know, reptilians if you want to, but uh, I think I'm good Gosh, for now. Stick right. with Nimrod for now. The uh, the old school Nimrod. <laughs> so guys, what's going on in our world this this past week? More um, weird alien stuff down in Peru. Yes, some weird um, weird stuff in Peru. If you're not following us on Twitter, guys, we are trying to grow our following there. Please, we're uh, you know it's it's pretty easy. You can follow us at the CTDW. You can follow us anywhere on any of our social media. It's all at the CTDW. But we are in particularly um, trying to make more of a presence and actually give more feedback, have more back and forth. I think that's actually kind of always been our original um, Right. We want to so. have conversation, 100% do. Yep. Let's see what else has happened. Um, Hawaii burned. 
Uh, that's a whole thing. Weirdness, right? Really, really, really weird. Um, I don't know if you've um, seen the Hunter laser Biden coming out of the sky, is, is, supposedly. Ew, no, I didn't see a laser coming out um, of the sky. I missed that part. Twitter was saying that, that so everyone has been saying that there's a laser that sh basically shot Maui. Um, and that's how that fire started. That's what's being said. And then Twitter said that there's been some context around that. And that was actually a photo from like 2018 or 2017 or something like that. So I'm looking into it. I mean, you know how, like, if you get your all your news from TikTok, you're probably not getting much news. Um, right. But, you know, I'm, I'm just hearing all sorts of stuff kind of floating around on all sorts of weird air, social media sites. And we're getting to the point now where oh, I, I guess we're kind of fully entrenched in the place where you can't trust the news at all. So, at all. yeah, you were going to say, sorry. What, let's see. Oh, uh, Biden, Hunter Biden was indicted. Uh, <laughs> and so Trump was Trump for like the 80th indicted. time. I, I don't even know. I'm like, what is some normal? Was there normal news? It's been hot. It's been hot, hot, hot. Has it oh, been real hot for you? Like It's been... Oh my gosh, you Two can't imagine here how hot it's been here in Austin. It's ridiculous. Like we've, we've been, my in-laws just, were just here. Sorry, by the way, guys, that's why we've been on a bit of a hiatus. If you haven't seen our stuff as much, my in-laws were here uh, visiting from Mexico City because COVID impeded them from getting here for like five years, which is awesome. It's great. Um but it's all good. And all before good. that, then I was out because yeah. of death in the family. And so it's, it's, it's been a little. It's been an interesting summer. But God's good. God's good. He's doing all the stuff he's supposed he to. absolutely is. Agreement. And um, yeah, it's been crazy, crazy hot. And you know who that makes me think of. How dare you? Um, so anyway, <laughs> sorry, just doing all the buttons today. He is um, pushing all the buttons with um, all the fun sounds. Am I pushing your buttons? So hey, um, we had like two days where it wasn't triple digits. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was like ninety-eight. <laughs> I know. Barely counts, but know. we were like, yes. Here, triple digits. it's humid on top of the intense over hundred digit uh, over mm -hmm. triple digit heat. So like, even breezes just feel like death breezes. It's so oh, gross. It's awful. super gross. No. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I mean, we've had enough rain to make our vehicles look really gross and enough rain <laughs> to make you go, eh. but we can get rain and have like 15% humidity in El Paso. So. Oh, that's a big deal for you guys. Yeah, we um, we have special skills. Like when it's, when the humidity is above 50, like we're dying. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think that we're in Houston now. Shell, Shell would never want to visit Austin. She's like, ah, oh, can I not ever go near there? You know what's um, really weird? I've been to all of the big cities in Texas. Yeah. Except for Austin. Well, I, what the heck are you doing? Like, I know. Come, I come mean, visit I'll me. come visit you. <laughs> but I have not. San Antonio. Man, dude, I love San Antonio. Houston. It's, mm, it's interesting, I could, yeah. I could go without I it. I could definitely Dallas, do without Houston. Dallas's Dallas freeways are like, ugh. Yeah, right. Dallas you know, yeah. traffic The sucks. Six Flags there is good. The Six Flags in San Antonio is good. I yeah. mean, apparently the reason I go to the large cities in Texas that aren't El Paso is to go to amusement park. 
and we don't have any, so <laughs> you're not coming here. <laughs> uh, now um, we know why. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, I mean, all I can say is... <laughs> okay. Um, I guess we're going to get to our, our jam but Anyway, now. yeah, that's what's going on this week. <laughs> Hold on, one more thing before okay. we really get into it, Rich. Roll it out. What books have you been reading this week? Oh, good question. That's a good question. We had started with that, and then we kind of forgot it. But I think it's fun to... Yeah. You know what? Um, I am reading like... Um, good Lord. For this episode, I've been reading like a million different books. Um, I am reading currently... Let's see here. The What's this guy called? The Two Babylons of Papal Worship by... Alexander Hislop. Hislop, yeah. Um, that was from 1916, I think he released that. It's an, it's very I read that. Uh, I, I Did you really? Somewhere, yeah, somewhere I have, I have um, that book. It's a, it's a very, it's a very dense book. It's very dense. Um, I'm reading. I read some for this episode. Um, a book called Final Apostasy: DNA Corruption Continued. Uh, by Linda L. Evans, who is apparently extremely studied. Um, she's an extremely studied woman. Um, I'm reading uh, Forbidden Gates by Tom and Nita okay. Horn. Sorry, that is actually... Uh, oh, that's right. That's it's a good book. It's a really that. good book. I'm rereading it, and I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot about all this stuff. Uh, yeah, the complete I need to reread it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Complete Apocrypha by <laughs> multiple authors. Um <laughs> And a book about Antarctica that I'm not going to reveal here because Ooh, that. Oh, exciting. and portions of Gilgamesh. Um, Are you reading part of the epic? Just every once in a while, just like dudes, epic dudes. dots in here, here and there, you know, just trying to fill in some, some, some gaps. Um, I think that's mostly what I'm reading right now. So, uh, Derek Gilbert's book called Something Really Interesting. <laughs> Uh, um, not the Return of Saturn. So, no, not the Return of Saturn, which is one I need. To I want to read that. It is. I think it's on my Kindle app. I'm reading the Genesis Six Conspiracy still because it is also that. quite dense. Um, what's in Shelley's library? So, I, the Great Inception is the Gilbert book. That, oh right, um, right, right, right. Uh, he. Man, he does a good job of breaking down Sumerian um, lore. Hmm. Second Coming of Saturn, that's what I'm thinking of. Right, I really want to read Second yeah, Coming of Saturn. I do too. Um, yeah, that's I'm cool. doing the... Genesis 6 Conspiracy. I've been okay. Jasher some, but... Yeah, jury's still out on that one. I'm I'm not sure. I'm yeah. a great fan. So, uh, in Audible, I'm still going through the Judgment of the Nephilim. Mm. I haven't finished. I also was listening to the Pilgrim's Regress by C.S. Lewis. Hmm. And um. <laughs> I decided I needed a break. Sometimes you just got to take a break, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, not everything's I, aliens and demons all the time, guys. I listened to a ghostly gift by Angie Fox, which y'all is a southern mystery, this blonde southern belle who uh, oh, happens to be haunted by a I don't know a 
booze running 1920s uh uh I don't know. He's a ghost, but he he speaks like he's he was in the mafia or something. And and honestly, it is nothing but your relaxation. Like nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> Listen to it. That old and I, chestnut. Like, put it on, and because. Because I'm, you know, watching documentaries and listening to podcasts and whatever. <laughs> like, everything is at 1.5. Um, yeah, I know. You have to. I listen to everything, past, including this book. I also listen to it at a higher speed. It sucks and, going um, back to stuff. That's the only thing that sucks. Because you're like... <laughs> right. And it's real hard. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the majority of, Jeez, that's a of lot. what I have um, been reading Scouring. and and listening to. Yeah, until I took that break. Oh, I am <laughs> I also read that dumb book because it's <laughs> good. I'm also. I mean, I'm obviously rereading the Bible, but um, I am rereading the the Bible chronologically. Um, so I have a chronological Bible that I'm reading through, and it has tons and tons and tons of historical commentary, which is really cool. Ooh, really, really cool. Really worth doing. I really sounds, recommend it. That sounds really good to do. I've thought about doing that, and then I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to cross-reference. <laughs> really? Well, it's, it's, it's good. It's good because, um, I mean, it's just a good read-through uh, to get uh, kind of like a feel for the the direction the Bible goes, like actually went, you know, that history actually went. Right, it's really, right. really helpful. It's really helpful. No, and I could see it, and I thought about doing it a few times, to be honest with you, simply because um, it does help put things. Yep. Um, really into perspective. Together. So, no, totally get that. Yeah. Um, have you have you been playing the New York Times? Um, puzzles. Heavens no. I straight so, I stay as far away from newspapers as possible. <laughs> I normally do, but my kids and I we all do this this New York Times puzzle. We do it every day. Um, it is not Sudoku. Sudoku. No, it's called Connections. It's a beta, so there. Mm. I guess not everybody is doing it. And you have you have sixteen words. Yesterday, mm. it was two letter abbreviations. It was real hard. I felt like a dummy. I mean, I got it, but skin of my teeth. I was on my last chance. Um, but I'm gonna have to send it to you. You'll cool. enjoy I'll it. Play. It just—it's real quick. You get one puzzle a day. We all do it, and then we screenshot um, mm. the completion because it doesn't show you the answers, but shows you the colors and how you oh, did wow. them. Oh, that's cool. So, um, it, it, I'll show you in in our text. Oh, let me make it so that the camera gets it better. You can see, like, my, my one kid oh, weird. did it. And so this shows you, like, the top, you missed one, but then you got you got it in the next try, and then huh. pull on the next one, and then they kept missing 
um, it just looks like one Tetris in the yellow. I know it does, but <laughs> it tells you that that <laughs> like cool. that pink. It's it's a wrong answer. Wrong answer. Finally, oh. all the right answers. All the right answers. Oh, right on. And it's cool to look at because you can see how each other got it. See, oh, wow. they didn't complete it, so that's failed. How there. weird! Oh no, they did get it. They got the green and the yellow, no problem. And then that blue just threw them off until they finally got it. And so huh. it's one of those things. It just like one of these things is not like the. It's a other. good way to connect. And and we all have fun, and then we screenshot it and send it to each other. Oh, that's so cool. that's that's the fun little game I play every day with my kids. Nice. Yeah. I, was gonna yeah, try I mean, you can use social media and but... and technology to it's keep true. in touch. Not everything has to be bad. No, it's a tool. Not everything it's is doomsday. Just ninety percent. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it only feels that no. way. It only no, feels it only way. feels that way. I mean, I think it's a lot like Elijah and the servant, right? Um, you know, God help us help them see what what I see. Right. Um, that our armies are much more than theirs. And on right, that right. note. Okay. Now we can crack into it. Sorry, I just had to have some of the the lifiness first. Yeah. No, you're good, man. We haven't we haven't chatted in a while and, and it's it's always good to keep you the listener informed. Um you guys don't you can skip all over all this if you don't want to hear us talk, you know. But if you don't want to hear us talk, what are you doing? Um so today or this evening or what's left of today, we are right. talking about did Nimrod become a Nephilim? Right, the Bible tells us, in particular. correct, the Bible does tell us that he became a Gibberim, or sorry, a Gabor, right, a Gibor. Um, and if you remember from our last, um, our last podcast, we are both fairly convinced that Nimrod did become a Nephilim, but I'm beginning to think it's more than just a Nephilim, and maybe that's why the Bible left, left it written so the way it out. was. Um, you'll also remember that we believe Kush to be, uh, Nimrod himself, um, which, you know, is, is kind of rocky water to stand in, honestly, but, you know, I'm, you know, we're letting it, we're letting it play out. We're letting it play out and see kind of where, where, where the word takes us and what we kind of discover. Um, this was an exceedingly difficult, um, episode to do. Uh, yeah. I, I don't feel like it's it's very conclusive, but I think you guys will have a lot to work with. Um, I know I did. I know I still have many questions um, and like a bajillion other avenues to explore. But I'm going to give you, Shelly and I are going to give you what we came to. Um, so I guess the question here is, why should we believe that Kush or Nimrod, however you want to name this person, was a Nephilim? Well... Let's, um, I guess we'll just start. I can, I guess I could pull these up. Um, Shel, what, would you mind doing that? Would you show, pull up the uh, Septuagint of Genesis 10.8? If you can find an interlinear, that'd be awesome. Okay. Um, doesn't have to be, but, you know, it'd just be nice to look I at. I prefer the interlinear, to yeah. be honest. I don't read very much Greek, so, you know, there's that. Um... I can actually use that phrase. Most people in in Spanish we say uh, it's 
para mí está en chino, like it's in Chinese to me, but in English we say it's in, it's Greek. It's Greek to me. So, so that one actually applies for me. It is Greek to me. Um, in Genesis 10, verse 8, is the verse where kind of, so in Genesis 10, let me back up real quick, if you remember, is the, um, uh, what do they call it, of nations? Oh, I just left my mind. The table. Oh, man. Table of Nations, no. no. Table, it is. It is the Table, table of, of nations. nations. Okay, all right, all right. I was, I was not lost. So it's called the Table of Nations, which is basically after the flood, well, and before the flood, frankly, um, kind of how everything is drawn out with genealogies, okay? Um, and we stumble upon this re seemingly really random verse, which is Genesis 10.8, which I'm sure if you've watched our previous episode, uh, the previous two episodes, excuse me, you will know very well that uh, this verse is super significant. The Bible is not written in a random way. It's always written on purpose. God wrote the things the way he wanted them to be written. Right. Um, whether or not we were his, uh, <clears throat> his imagers to do so, um, it's written the way he wanted it. So knowing that and having the word as our basis, it is very peculiar that all of a sudden it says, Cush begot Nimrod, and as we discussed, <clears throat> previously right Cush begot can also mean gave rise to and Nimrod means rebellion so Cush gave right. rise to rebellion and Cush became a mighty um, how does he became a, he became he began to become a gibber gibor or a, a mighty one and um, he was a mighty one before the Lord a gibor before the Lord and Cush Th begat Nimrod he began go. to mighty one on the earth yeah. Here. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Um, and while we're waiting for Shaw to pull that up, it basically is that this Gabor is a bit of a conflated uh, concept here. There we go. Now we got it. I'm gonna go full screen so I can see this better. There we go. Yeah. Um, and Kush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. Now. <clears throat> The interesting thing here is that a lot of people debate this from the Hebrew perspective, right? They'll, they'll look at the interlinear Hebrew directly and be like, well, no, it says, and this one's not Greek, but that's, that's actually okay. Um, it's, it's probably Did you good want to... Greek? I'm sorry. If I always start. It. Let me see that's if okay. I can. No, it's fine. It's I fine always because... start in Hebrew because. <clears throat> no, that's, that's totally fine. You can, because right if you look language. right there, you can see it says Gabor, where it says a mighty one. It says, and Kush begat Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one, Gabor. So he began to become a Gabor, which is a, a weird phrase in, in Hebrew. It's very open-ended. Um, it could it, it is also used in, in um, concert with uh, Nephilim, but it can also be used for one who is mighty, one who is powerful, one who is of great you know, prowess, stuff like that. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty open-ended um, term. Uh, noun as it were but when you look at the septuagint writing of this uh the septuagint specifically makes reference saying that he is a gigantus or a giant uh, that is the word that is used <clears throat> in the septuagint now before you get all like well yeah but the hebrew this and that sure fair enough let's actually examine how the uh septuagint came to be I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, but it is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, I was doing a just a general history of the Bible, 
Um, just, I have been for, I don't know, about two years now, just kind of going through it little by little, you know, learning about early church fathers, stuff like that. One of the most fascinating things ever is the Septuagint. It was, um, I can't remember who did it, but it was a, someone hired 70 different, um, I want to say rabbis to translate this into Greek, um, so that they would so that there would be a, uh, you know, there would be something available uh, for the Old Testament to, to be uh, to be read, right, in, in Greek, and have some context for it. The crazy thing about the writing of the Septuagint is that all 70 translators translated it like nearly identically, which is why it's called the Septuagint, which refers to the okay. seven. Okay, so here's... Okay. It's super blurry for me, but I'll Sorry. let you read it. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, let uh, me go to the big screen so I can read it. It says, I'm going to go back to verse 6. And the sons of Ham, Hoshish and Mishrain, Baud and Hanan, um, and the sons of Hus, or Cush, Saban, Eli, Shall and uncover Saban. your mic. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Uh... <laughs> Sabasa and Ringam and oh man, these names. Sabakata and the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dadan, and he gave birth to Nebrod, which is mm-hmm. Nimrod. This laborer is a giant on the earth. Mm-hmm. This was a giant hunter against the Lord against, of God. Wow. Yeah. Well, in the face of God. Yeah. For this reason, Nebrod is the giant hunter against the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babylon and Orak and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So <clears throat> the important thing there that I wanted to draw, and that's actually a really great um, uh, translation, by the way. Thank you for finding that. Um, Nim- Nimrod is clearly pointed out as being a giant. A giant. That is a very specific word. Um, now, so we have good reason to believe that he was a Nephilim for that reason, because it's the same concept, right? Like the the Hellenic, Hellenistic Jews or, or the Jews of that time period in general um, had that same concept. They understood very well that that it was the same the same um, theme. That's the word I'm looking for. So that's one reason to believe that a good reason to believe that Nimrod was a Nephilim. Now, um, number two, why why is another good reason? So. If you're able to, Shell, can you head over to Daniel 4? And it can just be uh, like ESV. It doesn't even matter what it is. <laughs> He's like, something easier. <laughs> nah, yeah, there's um, any, any one of them is fine. You can even do Amplified. Um, I love Amplified. I'm I do too, actually. Lie. So um, in Daniel 4 versus, and I stum- I got this information, by the way. I won't you know, try and take credit for it. I got this information from <laughs> uh, Ryan Peterson. Pitterman, excuse me. Ryan Pitterman. Um, ooh, that's great. Check that out. Ooh-wee. Um, go to verse 15 first, will you, Shell? Um, <clears throat> he's the one that, that um, turned me on to this information because I was looking desperately trying to figure this. I mean, it is just an absolute enigma about how this happened. Um, and I'm still left with a lot of questions, but I do feel like right. it's a little clearer now. It became um, a giveaworm. Yeah, because yes. it's weird. How did it he very become... Weird something that he wasn't how did he go from being a human to something right. 
else. Yeah, yeah, all together, right? We understand the, the concept of being a Nephilim from birth, right? That's a very um, understandable occurrence or succession, right? But becoming one after you're born is weird. It's very weird. Right. Um, so another reason <clears throat> um, Ryan Peterson, uh, Peterman uh, turned me on to this one here is this particular set of verses. Um, is that from the top shelf? Um, give me a second, because it's sure. so strange. Um, this is 415, right? Yeah, That's yeah, 415. Okay, I have... Which... This is still Sweet Septuagint. I'm going <laughs> to... Let me grab this and bring this over to that screen. Bear with yeah, you're me good. A second, because... There. And oh, not. Why does it keep giving us the Greek? I know, it does that. Just click on ESV uh, up in the upper left-hand corner. Just click on ESV, and it should give give you just regular ESV. There we go. Man, yeah. I have this really good one on one of my other search engines. It makes me sad mm. that I couldn't just pull it over here. Jeez. I mean, that's just, you know. Um. Are you making some <laughs> rude? rude. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've been doing this for a while, so... No. Um, okay, so verse 15 says that... Jeez, um, I can't read it. I don't know why I could... Yeah, I don't know that I think Oh, I got it. Okay. Totally um, the right one. It's, it's so this is... What's that? What's that? Talking and so they were leaving one of them in the earth, as with the beasts of the earth and the grass yeah. of the cattle is distributed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so it's from. Okay, uh, this is Nebuchadnezzar talking, and and uh, he's talking about the watchers. I guess we can read from thirteen. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. Uh, he proclaimed aloud and said thus: Chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves, and scatter scatter its fruit sorry it's hard to read it uh let's let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a, a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field let him be wet with the dew of heaven let his portion uh, be with the beasts in the grass of the earth let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him the sentence is by decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the most holy, high, most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets it and sets over it the lowest of men. This I dream King Nebuchadnezzar saw, and you, O uh, Belteshazzar, let let the tell me the interpretation. Yada yada yada. If you hop forward to verse thirty-two, shall. Dude, I am reading this in a different, in the Septuagint. It's so... Is it crazy? Big time. Oh, cool. Um, and the... Stumbled onto a gold mine. The, um... In real time, guys. are slightly different, and so... Okay, okay. Well, I'm just going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and you shall be driven this uh, 30 sorry 32 and 33 excuse me sorry about that noise guys okay. and you shall be driven from from among men and you your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox and seven like an ox notice that it's not an ox like an ox and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hair grew as long as an eagle's feathers, and his... Uh, I can't read it. It's blanking Nails out. were like bird's claws. And his nails were like bird's claws. So this dude turned into a... Um, I don't know. It sounds to me like he transmogrified into a uh, werewolf, is what it sounds like to me. You know, loosely speaking. Um, did you want to tell me something from the Septuagint? I don't know. Let me uh, finish reading it. Okay. I'll just continue for the meantime. So, <clears throat> the point I'm going at here is we should take, we should give pause here. Um, and mad props to Ryan Peterson for, for making this connection. Um, we see that the right the righteous watchers enact the complete transmogrification of a human king who grows hair and claws like a beast of the field he becomes what what could be described as a hybrid notice my language he could be described as a hybrid whether he was transformed into a hybrid is quite imp important why is that important well this is my two cents this is my take on this um why i think this is important the act of or, or the um yeah sure we'll call it the act the act of volition comes into play here in my mind why do i say that well because i believe that volition is the key to hybridization i think that just like in genesis 6 when the sons of god came to take wives whom they chose well you can't just come down and just take wives it doesn't work like that there has to be some sort of exchange right like this is our realm god gave it to us it can't just be taken from us. We have to give up ground, territory, or something, right, in exchange for the things that we want. Well, in this case, we exchanged our women, right, our daughters, the daughters of men, the daughters of Adam, in exchange for technology, understanding, all sorts of power, things like that. So that was a volitional exchange. And before you know i get ladies jumping down my throat like wow the men made the decisions fair enough but if you saw a glorious beautiful uh immaculate god with flowing hair glowing everywhere right in front of you saying hey you want to be my wife and you could give birth to my glorious children um I hate to say it, but compared to a dude like myself, though handsome and ruddy I am, uh, <laughs> don't think that the chick would uh, go with me. She would obviously take the God, right? She would ab absolutely take the God. I mean, it's in right. all the movies. We already watched the movies, right? <laughs> so there was a volitional aspect there for um, hybridization to occur appropriately. Now, also... I think it's important to notice, and, and I'll let you, if you want to tell me here in a second, you can just interrupt me, Shell, that's fine. Um, that why, why is it 
I might get further down in the on the road on on this one, but um, what other reason, if you remember from our previous episode as well, what other reason would people have to base entire religious and frankly political systems on a, a few random people unless they made some sort of highly supernatural transaction of some sort nimrod wouldn't have any one he wouldn't even be mentioned in the bible in the first place um but he was the first emperor which actually as an argument against what i'm saying um that seems like more than enough reason to call him a gibberine right i mean that's you know you're the emperor of, man yeah i mean that's a pretty it's a man manly man you know but i would say that it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to base an entire first empire, religious empire, um, <laughs> highly syncretic, uh, religious pagan empire, be the template for the rest of the world unless you did something pretty drastic. There had to be something really drastic. And that, that's part of, part of the argument, not the only one. But So that's where I'm coming at, coming at it from. Um, why I believe, kind of giving footing to the reasons that Shell and I have come to really um, warm up to the idea that this dude was indeed a Nephilim. Now, here in a second, we, I'm going to kind of give some information about why maybe he was more than a Nephilim. Because here's the deal, right? When I read Giborim, or Gibor, right, I think automatically, I mean, he was just a strong dude, so, like, why is that such a big deal, right? I mean, that's, which seems like a fair assessment. Like, why even mention if he's just a strong dude? Well, and and forgive me, but I'm trying hard to come out of my Western mind frame of the Bible. And so I'm trying to lend a little bit more spiritual possibility to this idea. Well, that's, was, that's where I'm at. If he was just a strong dude, I mean, that's Samson. Samson did not begin to become right. a Gabor. The language, right? He he was a man. He was yeah. uh, endowed with those with his strength mm -hmm. uh, because God gave it to him. You know, Correct. the the angel of the Lord appeared to his parents and said, "Your son's going to be a strong man. Don't ever take a razor to yeah. to his body. He he can't eat any fruit of the vine, like not even raisins. You know." Um, there were stipulations because God cut a covenant yeah. with with this man, but he 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 was a deeply flawed human being. <laughs> but nowhere in the Bible does it say he was anything other than a human. Correct. Ever. Correct. Right, and there's no language around began to became, began to become. Excuse me. Um, that, I think that to me was was like the the tipping point. I was just like, that's just too weird of a phrase to be in in anywhere. Like you don't just begin to become a thing, right? That's a right. That's that's a process. Like, and and that in, by definition, right? It, it defines to us that there was a process that happened. It was not like a one and done. You know, he drank the elixir and now he's the gibber. You know, like it. He began to become. I am the elixir. You know, so. Now we come to the real question. But um, you know what? 
that whole the whole thing and why this is even of um, any kind of interest is that we see this similar story played out again and again and again yes. and again. Thank and you for more. mentioning that. Um, you know what? When you said he drank, you know, if he drank the elixir, he began to become. And you think of things like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, or or right or aware <laughs> animal, a werewolf, a were ox, a were whatever. Um, which, by the way, is an old German term. What is? Where when you say like werewolf? It's because you're scared and you don't know where the wolf is. No, it's not that kind of where at all. Where's the wolf? Ah, the wolf. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I can't. I can't find him. Okay. Go ahead. You're so awful. <laughs> it, it basically it means a, an animal that or a human that changes into an animal. I'll have to find yeah. it real quick. I. So it literally wanted, is transmogrification. Like, that's where that comes from. Yeah, like, really. If you are walking by and I transmogrify, be prepared to win or die. If you guys don't know, you should really look up Blaster the Rocket Man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Weird good stuff. That's what I grew up on. That kind of stuff. Um... You make an uh, an important point. I'll let you look up um, the werewolf, but um, you make a really important point because the more I kept digging for this answer, the more elusive it seemed to become. Now, I will say I, I did find a lot of connections that make a lot of sense, but um, I still feel like it's it's a it's it's not a clear path necessarily. Um, and, and that actually is an important point to what we're talking about. Um, you guys will forgive me. There was a lot of data for this one. And so I am trying my best to keep my thoughts in order. But I cannot guarantee that that is 100% possible. Um, I would like to draw you guys' attention to a verse in... And I might just put this one in here. Okay. Um, it's a short one. So, you know, bear with me. It's uh, Revelation 17.5. And upon her forehead was a, a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. That's it. It's a short one. Um, and I really want to stop right where it says, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, right there. That's, you know, that's we can make a hard stop right there. Um, we talked about in the last episode that the... All of the pagan religions of the world really draw on this kind of weird interaction between Nimrod, Sumeramis, and, you know, supposedly Gilgamesh slash Nimrod and his wife. Um, and, you know, the birth of a, of a child who supposedly, when Sumeramis killed, according to lore, right, killed Nimrod or Gilgamesh, then she ends up marrying it's it's a very weird story uh, ends up marrying the son um but within all of that there is the prophecy right we are we already knew about the protoevangelion which is that the, the 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 savior jesus christ would crush the head of the satan uh, the head of the serpent excuse me and 
we see that with the religious workings, I guess we'll call it, with, with the pagan workings that were going on in Babylon, that that prophecy was trying to be counterfeited and usurped and preempted before any kind of actual connection could be made so that they could claim, oh, you know, here's the Savior. This is the Savior. This is truly the Savior. Um, and that was actually, you know, there's lots of things that you can tie in there. In my opinion, I think that that has a lot to do with being able to help unite a an empire that you're, you're working to um, construct, right? Um, but based on that, that whole idea of mystery, it's, it's no accident that it's hard to find this information because all of these things are occultic and it's and occult things by definition are hidden. They're mysterious. They're behind walls. They're behind curtains, smoke and mirrors and all sorts of stuff like that. Right? Like that is, that is the point. And so it's, it's not, it's not any surprise that it is hard to kind of get to the, the bottom of what went on here. Um, but I will say that going off of this, there was a lot of different rabbit holes I was following. So one of these is the letter X. Let's go to that. Let's go right there. The letter X is very, very interesting. And believe it or not, I was getting to like my wits end on like, where in the world do I search for data on this weird guy? Like, what the heck do I do to find out if he became a Nephilim or if Gabor means something else? Or what do I do? Uh, you know, I woke up one morning and probably prompted by the Holy Spirit. I was like, I'm going to ask Twitter. And so I did. Um, and I typed in Nimrod witchcraft. And all sorts of interesting stuff started to come up. And I started to see in my feed a bunch of people were typing, were writing that, uh, I don't remember the quote, but one of the portions of, of this tweet that everyone kept like retweeting said, X is associated with the original Antichrist or the original transgressor, what we'll call him, right? Nimrod, the first, the first true transgressor and the first... Uh, <laughs> socialist. No, um, the first, uh, uh, the first emperor, right? Um, tyrannical emperor. The opposite, by the way, of socialist, at least in theory. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you got to keep everybody happy to keep them working. So, um, anyway, uh, having said that, and I lost my train of thought. Where I was going? X. Right. X. So I ran onto this, and I was like, "Well, that's weird." Okay, well, let's follow this rabbit hole where I can find it. So I found a source, and it had inf interesting information about the... And now I'm not going to have access to it right now because I'm going to forget where it's at. But it was essentially about... Let me see if I can find it. Uh, the uh, Masons. The legendary using, symbol for Nimrod is X. There it is. You just found it for me. See? Um Let's see. Let me look it up like that real quick. Because I think that's exactly from the book that I was reading. That's how I ran on to this. Legendary. See, you know what? The um, Genesis 6 conspiracy, like that's really uh, the premise. The X thing? The author know that... Um, uh, the secret societies... Yeah. 
are um, using all this weird information um, and the symbolism in witchcraft. And mm -hmm. Nimrod was the the true uh, beginner of um, what's that called? You know, the big big one, Freemasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing about the Freemason shell is that what I was reading is that they in particular actually don't believe that Nimrod became anything else than a, other than a man, which is particularly interesting. Um, the, May the Freemasons are, are a weird group too, though. So, I mean, there's that. But what was interesting to me is that X, um, sorry, coming back to my thoughts, right? I found a reputable source and I found this book by Linda... Linda, Evans. what's your name? What's that? Evans. Linda Evans, thank you. You got it. Linda L. Evans, I think it is. Yeah. She, um, oh, I'm on full screen. Let's go off of full screen so I can see what I'm doing. Uh, I couldn't read what we were doing. That's why I had it on full screen. <laughs> um, she makes mention of this 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 whole, she, she was my source for this uh, idea of X, right? And drawing it back to the Freemasons using that symbol as well. Well, the reason that X is so important to them, sorry that I'm dawdling, but X is so important because it means change. It implies change. And that's when it kind of clicked in my head. I went, oh, Nimrod changed. I get it. Get it, get it, get it. Which is why we very likely have expressions in English like X marks the spot, right? Or the pot of treasure is always found on the X. Now, that's one rabbit hole. Let's go to another rabbit hole. Are you ready to follow me down this path? There ne are a gazillion. There are. There really are a million. Um, I just yes. picked a few, and they all sort of kind of start to line up in, in different ways. Um, again, Shell, please feel free to interrupt me anywhere you'd like to. Um, so I started looking up alchemy because I was curious about it. Um, alchemy is a very by definition is very mystical right um and I, I i stumbled onto a a um i guess we'll call it a talk that was somewhere from the i believe from the 50s um and, and very very interesting as a matter of fact um talking it was just kind of like a lecture excuse me that's the word it was a lecture about about all this oh here it is i just found it let me just find the name so that i can give it to you guys and i'll have it in the um uh the references as well but it was from the esoteric uh, esoteric alchemy the transmutation of attitudes a lecture by manly palmer hall um and i don't know when it was from but it's from i don't know when he lived he died in 1990 but in this lecture he he makes a really interesting statement that an alchemist, all the alchemists that were studying, because that's where chemistry came out of, was from alchemy. Um, but al alchemy itself was interesting because it, in theory, has its origins from Egypt. It, it began in Hellenistic Egypt. Um, but they say even far, if you go even farther back, and if you look at the Arabic, al, um, which means the in Arabic, um, and then Kimika, which is, you know, I believe was change. I have to look up the definition again. You can look at that if you want to. It's it's not super, super important. But if you go farther back than that, Al is actually L. And we all probably know L 
is a very, 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 very old word for God. So we're kind of chasing down the trail a little bit. So we come forward, well, fast forward a little bit. And go ahead, Shell. Go ahead. And L, so L is, has a double meaning, E-L. It, it does mean God. Um, King as well, but, right? Um, well, for Sumer- in Sumerian, El is a particular god. Right. He is the son of the um, the creator god. Mm-hmm. So they try to say eh, they. I had a um, I had a professor of um, foundational studies. So basically. We read things like the Epic of Gilgamesh and uh, excerpts from the Bible and Asclepian and, mm-hmm. uh, oh, good gosh, so many, you know, of, of the foundation works of Western philosophy, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> he, sorry, guys, I meant to silence my phone. <laughs> And I apparently just turned my Bluetooth on. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Um, anyhow, he he tried saying that Yahweh's the creator God agreement. And L, uh, I'm assuming that he's going to go with Inanna is the mm-hmm. goddess that is the mother. Mm-hmm. Um so actually, it'd be Enki. That'd be Enki and Nana, and El is their son. I'd have to look. I'm, I'm not really uh, well versed in Sumerian lore. I'm becoming more so simply because there's a lot of information that um, shows us. A lot of why we think what we think. We don't mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. how much um, we are um, influenced by Sumerian lore. Like mm-hmm. Christians don't. Christians have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a lot of Jews don't either. And mm-hmm. and then you get the people who know just enough to be dangerous, and they'll be like, oh. The Bible stole everything from the Sumerian lore of the Epic of Gilgamesh. And I'm yeah. like, or they lived at the same time and more than one writer wrote about the same event. I mean, if you look at what CNN says versus what Fox says on something, that should be a good um, uh, comparison for you. Is, is well, it comes to... comes back to values, right? Like what you think is important is what you're going right. to stress. Right, right. Um, and 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 to be fair, you know, I I wouldn't toss the baby out with the bathwater. I'm sure that I'm I'm actually pretty convinced that the, the Epic of Gilgamesh probably has some important information that help us under helps us to understand a lot of what we're we're dealing with. Frankly, oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, which is why I've been learning more about yeah. Sumerian lore. Again, uh, a book that helps tremendously with that is Derek Gilbert. Um, going to have to read it myself, man. Oh, the one I said. Um, Incursion? The, yeah. No, no, Inception. Inception. Yeah, um, Inception. It, he helps break it down. It's very... 
um, scholarly. That's yeah. the word I need to use for it. It's Which is a, good. Um, Garrett, Garrett Gilbert is absolutely um, a follower of Jesus, and he is a good theologian. Um, but that particular book, he is not coming at the subject from a biblical viewpoint. Mm -hmm. He um, he has taken a lot of anthropologists and um, archaeologists' uh, research and just parsed it down. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it, so it's sense of it. dense. It's dense. You you are reading a lot of scholarly writing, and you can tell yeah. it. It feels very much like the the type of reading I would do for research for papers. Sure. sure. Um, but it's still good, and it's a lot of information compact into one book. So yeah. it, it has a ton of merit. I definitely recommend it. Um, just warn people: you need a knife and a fork. <laughs> No milk to be had here. Um, oh, I lost. It. Oh, there we go. It's a, a a heavy meal. I know. I'm back. <laughs> and you're back. Okay, go on. You were at L. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, and actually, I'm glad you mentioned. Oh, God, thank God you you step in here and there because I'm like, oh, right, right, right. That, 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 that. Um, alchemy just like X and, and before I step straight into alchemy let me do X real quick before I forget this I'm not I'm never saying Xmas again yeah never. yeah yeah well because I had been told do oh it. X Go. it symbolizes it. Christ and and so it, even if you're writing out Xmas it's still Christmas I'm so glad you reminded me of something but um, according according to Go with it. um the go, go, go. the the view of the X, it, like saying Xmas means um, the the celebration of Nimrod, who they try to say was born on December twenty fifth. Jesus was not born on September twenty fifth. He was born uh, sorry December twenty fifth. He was born in se mid September, um, I think, close to uh, the third week in September. Um, but he was, he was not born on December 25th. I don't know why anybody even thinks that anybody tries to say that the Christ mass is, uh, the, the Catholic church did put it at December 25th because they were trying to, to holy, to uh, make, ameliorate, make, ameliorate yeah. a situation. Yeah. Uh, to to take yeah a um a pagan holiday and make it holy. Right. And you know they did not <laughs> succeed, and and it comes out in the washing. If you, everybody's going to so it's born on December twenty fifth of their gods or blah blah blah. blah. True, true. Jesus wasn't born on December twenty fifth. I didn't celebrate him and and God's giving nature by giving my family gifts on December twenty fifth. I don't have a problem with it. Um, there are so many things that we we try to take shortcuts, which yeah. is what this episode's really all about. Yeah, we try well, to take frankly. shortcuts, and it comes back to really bite us in the bum later Wasn't on. Wasn't this like our second or first or second episode? Second episode, I think it was, where we we're talking about slowing down, right? And when we don't slow down, that's what gets us into so much trouble. <laughs> 
coming full circle. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do lots of so, full circles. Oh, we're going to continue? But that whole X thing, right. I, I'll, never, I'll never again. Yeah, I'm about to break that be, down, too. Be lazy like um, that. Oh, good, because... I was about to jump into... The um, Beast of Nimrod, just that kills me. Yeah, yeah. Um, help me here if I miss anything, but... Uh, it, I, I was about to step into alchemy, but alchemy is going to play right into X um, and the reason it's so important. So one of the things that's very important that Nimrod practiced and was practiced in Babylon was, uh, you may have guessed, astrology and, frankly, astronomy, which probably weren't very much different for the two, for them in their, <laughs> their times. Um, but we know if we, and I'm not going to look it up, you can go look at it yourself, if you look in Enoch... Seven, uh, chapter seven, uh, in in those few seven, I think it's seven and eight. You can see all the sorts of uh, just things that were taught to mankind, and in particular, I thought it was interesting that women were taught how to use charms, enchantments, root cutting, and acquaintedness with plants. I thought that was very, very fascinating, which is very likely where we get our lore for witches and cauldrons and all that good jazz. Um, because they, the Watchers taught their wives. They taught the women that they came for, which is very, very crazy. Right. Um, well, now, technology, te- technology for what they wanted. Sure, 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 sure. And, and I mean, that wasn't the only thing they taught them, you know, but the, it's, it's interesting to me that Enoch, in conjunction with talking about the Watchers coming for these women, makes, makes a very specific uh, point to say, hey, these women were taught these things. And I was like, well, yeah, that... That uh, lines up pretty good with what we know in <laughs> was happening in Babylon thereafter, right? Um, and and frankly, uh, this is an aside, but I, I didn't tell Shell this, but this is something I was kind of thinking about, is that it's interesting to see that Sumeramus was really taking charge in the religious direction of Babylon, right? Um, and and I am not going to get too muddied in the waters, but I will say, in my opinion... I think that she felt spited. She felt a lot of spite towards men for having given the Watchers women, right? Even though the women may have gone volitionally, you know, I still think that she felt undercut. I do. I don't know how much of the females' volition was in that, but their their head, the, the father or, you know, brother, uncle, whatever whoever the their patriarch right. was did i mean women were chattel yeah. back yeah. then and simiramis is a, is a um an interesting historical figure because they definitely believe she was a real woman and yeah. that she did indeed hold rule over babylon after yeah. um her husband the emperor had died she maintained power yep um, and I think I think a lot of the way that she she managed it, understandably so, if your sex was being you know denigrated and and treated worthless or given no say in the matter, right? I mean, what's your automatic inclination is to jab right back? You know, she's I she's gonna do I one of it. two things: feminine wiles, or she's gonna merc right. the. Or a combination of, her of both. Ire. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so that, that's just an aside, but I, I think it does play into what we're talking about because going back to the X, 
I'm going to do my best not to mess this up, but X was also associated in the ancient world with the sun and with Osiris and also with the phoenix, the rebirth, the rebirthing. Okay. Now, I'm going to, I think I might just read this straight just so I make sure that I don't mess it up. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Oh, you got all that good stuff right there. Um, okay. And I'm just going to read from here. I think this is probably the most useful. It's talking about ancient belief about the Phoenix bird, where it came from. Um, oh, actually, maybe I should mention that. The, the idea of the Phoenix, according to the ancients, came from pelicans. What would happen is, is that they would... Are you still with me, Shell? Are you frozen? I think you're frozen. <laughs> We're back. There you go. Pelicans would intentionally wound them, according to ancients, would intentionally, the females would wound themselves and bleed on their young after they had been killed by their father. And that, in theory, would revive them, would bring them back to life in the ancient mindset. Uh, okay. That's the whole... Man, it, I was going to say Osiris, Horus, Isis thing, but it's that's just the Egyptian version of it. Sure, sure, exactly. And that's actually why the Masons use, I think that they use some sort of canister, like a specifically like pelican-shaped canister to for for part of their rituals. Um, huh. I, I don't I don't remember the exact um, explanation around it, but I know that that's a big part of it, and that plays right back into the lore of you know everything that was going on in Babylon, everything right. you know. So I'll just read this straight for you guys. All symbols have their origin in some tangible, in something tangible, and the phoenix is one of the secret orders of the ancient world, and the. In and the initiate of those orders, for it was common to refer to one who had been accepted into the temples as a man twice born or reborn. Wisdom confers a new life. There you go. And those who become wise are born again. Now, this is something that I wanted to mention to you guys. This is this. I know. I know. It's getting heavy. It's getting weird. Man. When and I when I read this, I I like jumped off the page myself. All of you guys that, uh, well, I'll just read it. When George, Bu when George Bush Sr. was asked by Barbara Walters on TV on a TV interview during the 1988 presidential election if he was a Christian, George stumbled, paused, and then said, If by being a Christian you mean born again, then yes, I am a Christian. So, we wow. begin to see the counterfeit symbolism all the all over the place, all all over the place, and that's why that's why the Babylonian paganism, Babylon paganism, is such an archetype for all this kind of stuff. Right now that we're kind of structuring this, the reason I'm going about it this way, I want you guys to have in the back of your mind that. Nimrod clearly did something. You don't, you don't get this level of sim, uh, of symbolism, and archetypal religious pagan practices for no reason. Like there has to be a solid footing for it. Um, and and I I think that just calling him a strong man, kind of does not strongman your argument. <laughs> um, 
coming back to X. X was represented as the sun, also a, um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, correct me if I'm wrong if you know, um, but a representation for the phoenix as well as the rebirth, okay? So because it's a rebirth, it's also a change, which is all part of this X factor, all this stuff playing in. And the reason, another reason, going back to when I was talking about astrology and astronomy, the reason that Nimrod practiced this is because of the, the concept that the ancients had of the stars. They were gods. You know, this was the place where the gods inhabited. This is where they moved. Right, this is where right. they lived. In and the it was heavens, an right? Correct. Correct. An unreachable space. An unreachable space. Sorry, that was not, not an intentional uh, pun there, but it happened. Um, and I think we, just as an aside, I think we do ourselves a disservice by thinking that the heavens and the stars don't have any kind of spiritual implications for our lives. And I don't mean read the stars and see what your horoscope is. It's not what I mean. I mean, God put the things in the place that he wanted for a very, very specific reason. However, um, Nimrod mm -hmm. is credited with um, instituting astrology. Mm-hmm. Put that there. He is indeed. And what better to make an X than using the equinoxes? Equinox. Sorry, had to do that. Um, the idea was, and now we're going to be able to bleed over into into alchemy, and you're going to start to see how probably a lot of these disciplines all share these weird ideas. The X was in astrology was used for when the equinoxes would line up with the path of the sun but how did they how did they make this alignment well they had to take the equator of the earth and line it up if they were to like shoot the equator out towards the cosmos it would eventually intersect with wherever the sun was going to meet which for them meant a time of change but also Correct. Rebirth. But also a state of evenness, of equality. And this is going to start making you think of a bajillion other religions and philosophies and stuff like that. Because equinox means equal nights. Right. Right? So that means that everything, the reason that they were waiting for the equinox was for everything to be stable. And things could only be stabilized when they were, when they came into a moment where they could be crossed and changed if you want to say transmogrified you can it's a goofy word but you get where i'm going with this alchemy is the same concept same concept here we go now i'm going to try and get break into alchemy i appreciate you guys being patient I'm, I, <laughs> I got a million thoughts in my head um but uh alchemy is the same concept you are vying for equality you're vying for peace in your life to find uh equilibrium is the best way to say that and the very well-known feminine and masculine light and darkness right are supposed to meet and while i was watching going back to this um youtube that i was listening to it was, like i said it was a lecture by this uh, by this gentleman he he made a really interesting statement about uh, an alchemist that was working, getting close to, we all know that alchemists, what was their, what was their desire? The elixir of life. And they were trying to transmute gold. They were trying to make gold Lead out of gold. Any, Lead. 
anything. Yeah, lead certainly, but any any metal, bam, let's change it. In fact, <laughs> apparently one alchemist was trying to fund the Crusades by being able to transmute gold and be able to fund it that way. That's a crazy idea, but sorry, hmm. total total rabbit trail. Yeah. Um, but what, what he mentions is that one of these alchemists is doing all the right things, right? He's, he's working with, with all the right chemicals, doing all the right things, and all, all the, the adequate equations. Everything's working like it should be. And he says, but what the alchemist failed to realize is that he also needs to be changing. And I went, whoa, that's weird. Now, he goes on to specify that this is about regulating your attitudes, regulating your, you know, your negative thoughts and stuff like that, that that's all part of this process, right? That's all part of it. But to me, it, it, it really seems to line up to, with, for, in my mind, maybe it's just me, you don't have to take my word for it, but in my mind, this really starts to line up with all sorts of perfecting and finding the balance for change. And how many how many religions do you not know of that everything that you do is essentially to transmute your own self to a higher plane to to a more peaceful existence right. to a better understanding and you made a good point shell I'll let you elaborate if you want to but you talked about elevate yourself to where yeah. right right where? The whole, the whole thing of, of yoga and aligning your chakras or meditating to, um, to transcend. You're trying to transcend to something else, something not human. Right. Uh, that's, that's what every, that's what every occult, um, practice that I can think of. Every, every <laughs> pagan, uh, practice that's what they're always about they're always about elevating yourself transcending yeah. to something else well the masons themselves right they're, it's all levels everything is levels right. with, with the freemasons um, one other thing that was really interesting to me in early Babylon when Semiramis was instigating or controlling or whatever you want to call it she was essentially coming to a point where she was cutting off access to any information unless you submitted to become part of this religious system. And only priests, priests and priests alone, had access to special information. And I'm not taking a jab at anyone. I'm just telling you information I read from this book that seemed very relevant and important to me. But she, this author compared it to the Catholic priests when they would go, when they would have confessions, right? They would have confessionals and people would go make their confessions, but the priest would never confess to anyone else. And that's not biblical. Everyone is supposed to confess their sins, right? Like right. for healing. Like that's what, that's what the word says. Um, and so she created this kind of inescapable society where if you wanted access to information good bad or otherwise you had to you had to play play the game right there wasn't any other way to get information and so information religious or political or any kind of other access uh, to any information was mitigated and filtered through this priest 
and you would go and confess to this priest, and this priest would know all of your dark secrets, and oh, you would have power. none of theirs. Yep. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, guess coming back to how I think this happened, uh, I, I personally really do think that there was probably a plethora um, of things that were going on. Um, I think all of it was probably going on. There was probably elixirs of life. There was probably, uh, you know, Nephilimic sex magic going on or something similar to it. Like, I think all of these things were happening. I'm not telling you, I'm not going to give you an answer and, you know, I, I, that I'm not going to dig anymore. I'm just telling you, it, it seems like it's, it's very, very shrouded on purpose, like highly, highly shrouded. Um, we'll keep digging, believe me you, but, um, what I am believing right now is the following. This makes a lot of sense. And Shell, were, Shell and I were literally just talking about this right before we, we jumped on. Um, these are my final thoughts. And Shell, you can take it anything else you'd like to from here. Um, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh, who in theory is supposed to be represented as Nimrod, right? is said to be two-thirds God and one-third man. And I think that that's a fascinating analogy. Um, I was actually reading a scholarly paper about it, and the guy was like, I mean, we don't really ever hear that kind of language. Like, it's either like half man, yeah. half God. Right, right, right. Half whatever, right? So what does that mean? And so he was breaking it down, and he said, well, you know, most most ancients... Um, actually, probably most most people nowadays believe in three parts of the body, which is the body itself, the physical body, the spiritual body, and the, the soul, right? Soul um, or mind, right, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Um, and so we were chatting, and I said, well, there is a theory, and this is also from Linda's book, there is a theory that she says that a lot of people posit um, I'm not going to tell you who those people are. I'm just telling you straight from the book so you can go look it up for yourself. I will do the same. Um, that say that Satan, and I'm going to be very specific, Halel, right? Halel, Halel ben, ben Shahar. Sha How is it? Shahar? Shahar. Mm -hmm. Shahar. Halel Sh ben Shahar, or Satan, the Satan. I'm referring to Satan himself, the, 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 the particular devil. enemy. The devil. The one we call Lucifer. Yeah, yeah. The one we call the Lucifer. The son of the morning. Good call. Good call. Um, again, no pun intended. So, <laughs> I I think that she she doesn't see that she believes this, but when she, the more I started talking about to Shell about it, the more I started thinking about it, I went, oh, that makes a lot of sense. What if Gilgamesh or Nimrod was two-thirds God because he was possessed by the devil himself. Yeah, angels it, don't normally yeah. um, uh, possess humans. Demons And we'll be specific. Do. Sons Demons. of God, right? Sons of God. Right. Very specific. Right. Um, those whose initial estate is as a spirit being, they, right. they um, have a body that they access and use when right. when they want to, need to, whatever. They don't need 
um, to have a human host, whereas demons do. Demons right. are the disembodied spirits of dead Nephilim. Right. And they had a body, but their body is now dust, and they want to be in a nice, warm, moist body again, and so they inhabit <laughs> humans. But angels normally don't, because they can just bring up their own body, and we know that in those bodies, um, they're corporeal. They could eat mm -hmm. and drink. Um, mm -hmm. There's there's instances of it um, in the Old Testament. It, quite a few. Yeah. Um, so for Satan or Hillel to inhabit a body, a human body, that's super super uncommon. Right. But not completely unheard of right. um, instance with with Nimrod. That's why he's referred to as the first AC, the first Antichrist. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible tells us that um, in the New Testament that Judas, when he was thinking of backing out on um, betraying Jesus, that the devil it possessed him, inhabited him, him to Correct. make him do it. It's the same thing. And he is referred to as the son of perdition, which is not something that, that is not a term that's bandied about in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, a son of perdition every time is an antichrist. It, it is somebody who um, is different from, this is going to sound so weird, to say, but a normal possessed person. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, just in my brain, as, as I thought it, my brain was like, uh, how can we say that? Mm -hmm. so, but, over here we um, have the normal model, over here we have the Antichrist model. <laughs> Normally possessed human, and here is the devil possessed human. Eh, slightly different. Um, you better but, believe I'm so, going to turn this into a clip. <laughs> <laughs> that you are. Oh, people are going to give me so much grief on Facebook. Well, <laughs> whatever. As long as they can watch the, the podcast. Roll them. <laughs> think about what the word is telling us, man. But this, it, so again, first, first time there is um, that type of, of instance where an angelic being um possesses the body of a human mm -hmm. and um goes back to your volition statement he had to have wanted it i'm sure he thought yeah. there was going to be some some great benefit and um if he was willing to be called rebellion um one would assume that like he was rebellious he at was a very cellular level. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. And and the crazy part about this is that the theory, I didn't even finish the theory, but the theory is is that that the the final antichrist will repossess his bones and Nimrod's take hold of it. Yeah. Ew, that's crazy because they <laughs> <laughs> Was it was in 2014 that they found what they really believe is um, the the 
carcass. Yeah. Um, I've seen pictures. Have you seen pictures? I have. It's, I mean, he's like in gold wrappings and stuff. Remarkably well preserved. Uh, They say either Nimrod or Gilgamesh um, was found in Iraq. I think it was in Iraq, in yeah. 20, in the 2014. As a matter of fact, there are people that posit the belief that that's the only reason we went to war in Iraq was to go in and pillage um, and the given temples this... of Babylon, which, of course, again, this is where the occult yeah. began. And given the statement that... Uh... George Bush says that in the sense that he was born born again, again, that he's a Christian. Yuck. That's so gross. That's like gnarly, man. Maybe that's why he left, because he did find the weapons of mass destruction for humanity. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) know, horrid. We know Uh, that God wipes them all clean when all is said and done. Man, that's crazy, right? Um, so my thoughts on this are was to, to kind of wrap this thought up. Uh, I think that the Bible is trying to hint at us. Maybe my conclusion is wrong, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like it's not a hill I'm going to die on. In fact, the fact that we do this podcast usually means it's most of the stuff I'm talking about is not hills that I'm willing to die on unless it's, you know, the clear cut explained word of God. Then I'm like, well, we're not, you know, we're not going to compromise on that, but we can talk about it. We're not going to compromise on it. But, um, if I'm wrong, that's okay. But it would make a lot of sense that the Bible would refer to him as a Gabor and not as a Nephilim because he would not have been a Nephilim. Right. I mean, we obviously I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that something supernatural was happening to this dude because he began to become a great one. Right. Whatever that means. But I think that it would make a lot more sense that he volitionally gave his body over more and more until he was no longer more than an avatar for, you know, maybe he. His soul, he, he decided to do away with his soul in lieu of giving the halal power. His body. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he was, likely he was promised that, that power and, and uh, right? He, when, right. when willing to give up just enough, because that's, maybe that's what that means. He began to become, he began to slowly waste away. He began to slowly lose his humanity and no longer become... A, a human because Gabor doesn't necessarily mean a strong human. It just means a powerful or strong one. So take it it's for what it is. Man. Though how it was also, um, darn it. Um, <laughs> Dalgoni. I totally lost my train of thought. I saw the tomb of Nephilim giant Gilgamesh found and Old totally wiped everything else out of my head well that's a creepy it's a creepy image dang yeah man those are those are my thoughts on this stuff guys um there's probably a lot more stuff lurking in my head somewhere but i think that's the the gist it's interesting because there's this 
like really unholy trinity that involves Nimrod, and you touched mm -hmm. on that a little bit. Correct. But it's Nimrod and Semiramis, and then their the offspring thereof, their offspring Temuz, which you had talked about Baal potentially. and Tab Temuz and Ashtaroth, right. so it's Baal and Ashtaroth and Temuz, right. or El and uh, Astarte and Bacchus is their offspring, and in Babylon it's Belus and Ishtar and Temuz. The thing is, Ashtra, Astarte, Ishtar, Inanna, it is, that's all the same goddess that Semiramis is. Um, and the the lore that the husband dies and the goddess um, gives birth to him reborn, it's it's so common, and the first the first of that I ever knew was Isis, Osiris, mm -hmm. and Horus. Mm -hmm. um, and Isis is, go figure, Inanna, Ashtaroth, uh, Ishtar, uh, Istarte. Like <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. Deity, and it's over and over again. It's even in um, it, in Indian lore. It's Vishnu, Krishna, Icy, and then the, um, there's Devaki. There's even China. China has uh, Panku, Yi, Hingo, Ma, Stupo. I would want uh, to see the characters. I know. I'd have to give you, I can give you the, if, if you look in our chat, you'll see their names towards the bottom. Oh, Pang, Pang, Hohongo. Is it Matsopo? Is that also one? Uh-huh. That'll be the third, because they're, they're the male god, the female god, and himself reincarnated. Hmm. And she rebirths him and look at the look at the Mexican one. Oh yeah. Well, this is interesting too, right? Because we we were just talking right before this and this is just an aside, guys. Um in fact, I think we're going to call this one a wrap and if you want to watch the rest, you can watch behind the paywall cuz this is all just for fun. Guys, we yeah. love you. We bless you. Um Shall you want to give the blessing and we'll we'll call it yeah. a wrap. The Lord bless you and keep, keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. Almost got it. Amen. Numbers 24, no, 6, 24 through 26. God bless. Shalom. I'm like, hmm, yeah, shalom for sure, guys. Shalom, shalom. Until we meet again. Not. Maranatha on the other Maranatha. side, guys. Maranatha. Can't <laughs> wait for him to come back. He's a coming, man. Later, guys. Thank you for watching this episode of The Christian Theological Dark Web. For questions or comments, please email us at thechristiantheologicaldarkweb at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please look for the Patreon link in the description. This has been another production of CTEW Studios. Thank you, and God bless.